Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Always great to do Lakers talk. Appreciate you guys tuning in, Laker fans. We'll go for an hour, uh, 7 to 8 p.m., Got a lot cooking on tonight's show. Um, I'm going to spend some time talking about uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm going to try to make a case that the Lakers might be better off with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench instead of starting, so I'll get into that. Um, Anthony Davis has been an absolute beast since he's come back, but he's got a matchup coming tomorrow that he should take personal against Giannis Attentacumpo. Four games left before the All-Star break. Trade deadline coming up this Thursday. And Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, will join the show as well. So we'll get the latest. Can the Lakers make a move? What are some of their options? What should we expect? So we'll do all that. Um, Okay, let's start off with this. Four games left before the All-Star break. This is it, Laker fans, at least for, uh, you know, you can't call it the first half of the season because technically first half would have been 41 games in. I think they're almost, what, 60... They would be 24 games left um, before we uh, once we get to the All Star break. But this is the schedule that the Lakers have in front of them before we get to the break. Now the Lakers had some kind of had some gimmies here. At least last week that was the case for the Lakers. When I'm saying gimmies, what I'm talking about is you played the Portland Trail Blazers, 12 games below 500. They're actually not in the playing tournament right now. You played the Clippers, who are a tough team. They play tough. But talent-wise, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. They don't have Paul George. And then the last game you played was against the Knicks. Um, you know, certainly a team that had higher expectations, but where they are in the Eastern Conference, they're five games below 500. Uh, you know, sitting, I think, 12th place in the Eastern Conference, something along those lines. So they're certainly struggling. That was last week. And you kind of – each game was close – one game you lost was against the Clippers. Another game you, you went to overtime against the New York Knicks. So really weren't expecting the games to be that close, but that's the reality of the situation. At least you wouldn't expect that game against the Knicks to be that close. Uh, LeBron missed the Portland and the uh, Clipper game. When I say four games left before the break, I'm a fan of this schedule and how tough it is for the Lakers. And I'll explain why I'm a, I'm a fan of it. The reality for the Lakers is you've pretty much played, you've hovered around 500 all season long. You haven't really had a moment where you can look back at this Lakers season and say, remember that two-week stretch where the Lakers won six in a row? Remember that stretch where Lakers were making statement wins? They went on the road and they beat Philadelphia, or they uh, went to uh, Golden State or Phoenix and they had one of those dominating wins and you thought to yourself, hey, you know what, the Lakers record – That doesn't really truly represent how dangerous they are. They haven't had those. And I think the more difficult the schedule is the rest of the way, the second toughest schedule in the NBA the rest of the way, I think we're just going to find out really what is this team. And and there's a a reality to the situation. If the reality is, hey, this is just who this team is, they're 500 at best, they're going to get in that playing tournament, 
um, hopefully get out of the playing tournament and then lose to the Warriors and the Suns, and then you're in the offseason. Now it's up to Rob Palenka and LeBron and the front office and everybody else to figure out what they got to do in this offseason. That could be the reality. And I think that could tell a big part of the story over the course of these final 28 games, how they do against good opponents. Another scenario could play out. They could have some statement wins. They could have some wins. You know, these final four, Milwaukee, Golden State, and the Utah Jazz. And then wedge in a game against the Portland Trailblazers at Portland uh, coming up this Wednesday. But I think they need games like this. I think if we're really, truly going to know what this Laker team is, and like I said, maybe the answer is already there, but what if it's a game, it's a dogfight against the Bucks tomorrow? What if they went up on Saturday night, they played the Golden State Warriors, they lost the game, but it was a good game, it was a close game. I know Golden State, they're still missing some pieces, Draymond's there, not there, Wiseman's not there, so they have some pieces that they're still missing. That's kind of the, well... If they can have some statement games or really tough battles or play up to their competition the way they play down to their competition, we we could have a different narrative the rest of the season. And if it's not the case, then it's not the case. Because if if I told you right now, looking at the NBA standings and the Lakers, we've had a lot of excuses all year long with the Lakers, and that, that's not going anywhere. I mean, whether it was, well, the three have only played X amount of games together, or Anthony Davis missed X amount of games, LeBron missed X amount of games, health and safety protocols, Trevor Ariza, Kendrick, go down the list. You know, we, we have plenty of excuses that we've had for the Lakers this year. Um, but if I told you that you're this many games in, you're two games below 500, and if they kind of play the rest of the season this way, then we already have our answer. These are some of the matchups uh, I want to go to. Um, the, it's the Tankathon website. I know the remaining schedule, strength schedule. Lakers still got two against the Suns, three against the Warriors, game against the Bucks coming up tomorrow. Cleveland, who's actually having a good season so far, so they put them as one of their tougher opponents. Philly, two against the Utah Jazz. So you still have tough matchups left you know, this year, and that's not including you'll have games against the Dallas Mavericks and the Denver Nuggets, and you'll play some of these other teams um, that are not considered the – uh, the the top tier in the NBA, I do really, really think that th- this is the part of the schedule that I'm most looking forward to because they, they were either going to say, hey, we're still LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers, that that record does not indicate who we really are, or, no, nope, that record indicates who we really are. We're a 500 team or below 500 or a game or two above 500. So we'll get a chance to see that the rest of the way. So Saturday... Lakers taking on the uh, New York Knicks. Games at Crypto.com Arena. Nationally televised, 5.30 game. Um, You know, the two biggest markets in the NBA. Not the two best teams, not even close, but the two biggest markets in the NBA. And I'm sure that when the schedule initially came out before the season started, you thought, hey, this, this actually could be a fun game. This could be a big game. And that has not been the case for both teams. The Knicks are, you know, been a dumpster fire this season. And the Lakers, we know where they are. Scenario plays out where the Lakers are down 20-plus points, come all the way back, and then in a position where they're up seven with, I think, a minute and 17, a minute 20, something like that. And the Lakers blow a seven-point lead. And then overtime starts. 
and the Lakers don't play Russell Westbrook in overtime. They end up winning the game. They outscore the Knicks 11-4. to Well, of course, there's going to be conversation about um, Russell Westbrook not playing in that in, in that overtime. I've said this before. When, when the Lakers benched Russell Westbrook the final almost four minutes or so against the Indiana Pacers, they ended up losing that game. I said that, you know, the coach has got to he's got to do what he thinks is in the best interest of the team. Travis and I were talking about this this morning, and Travis was making the case of well, there's a lot of pressure for coach to play Russell Westbrook, and I get it. This is supposed to be your three stars. We we got to stop having that conversation. By the way, it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook is not he's not in the class of where LeBron James and Anthony Davis is. Um, part of the conversation was does Vogel feel a lot of pressure? He's making forty plus million dollars. Um, you, he's got to be in these games in crunch time. I, I'm I, I'm completely the other way, and I think a lot of this has to do with where the Lakers are sitting today. It's not personal. The Lakers are trying to win games. Coach Vogel is trying to keep his job and win games in the process. And the only thing the Lakers are judged on is by wins and losses. That's how they're judged. And up to this point, they're obviously failing being two games below 500, ninth place in the Western Conference, not even a spot in the playoffs. You've got to go through a playing tournament. And if the playoffs started today, they'd have to go 2-0 and in the playing tournament just to get that chance to go up against the Phoenix Suns. So Vogel's in a position where I really, really don't think at this stage of the season he's got to worry about, well, i got to play Russ. Well, he's making X amount of dollars. Well, I feel pressure that the organization won't be happy with me if I'm not playing Russell Westbrook at the end of games. Can I simplify this, Laker fans? And I think most Laker fans would agree with this. We've got a chance to watch this whole thing play out all year. There are two names that are guaranteed to close out games. It's LeBron James and it's Anthony Davis. Those are the only two names you have to mention when it comes to, when it comes down to closing out games. Russell Westbrook is it's a uh, it, it's one of those situations. How's he playing? Does he have four or five turnovers or does he have one? Does he have is he having a good shooting night where he's six of ten from the field and he's taking the right shots and he's attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line? Or is he one of ten from the field and it's just not his night? He's not hitting shots. Okay, let's say he's struggling from the field, but does he have nine rebounds and nine assists and he's finding other ways to be effective for the Lakers? Or is that not the case? The game against the Knicks for me, it was simple. I actually tweeted this out before we even got to overtime. It might have been right after Russ missed those two free throws. Russ should not be closing out this game. And I, I think that, you know, the the idea and the concept that he would be in a conversation where he has to close out games. Maybe you can make that argument early on in the season when you're still trying to figure things out. We're fifty plus games in. We're good. Everybody has seen it. You know, everybody knows that the Lakers, the vision they had in the offseason with Russ is not panning out. And it's also other role players are not panning out. If you can go back and say, hey, THT or Alex Caruso, I'm sure the Lakers would say, yeah, probably Alex Caruso is a better fit than THT. Um, I'm sure there are a bunch of different scenarios that could have played out early in the season. But where we sit today, Laker fans, of course Russell Westbrook should not be guaranteed minutes at the end. If he's playing well, he's in. If he's not playing well, well, was there another player standing out? Um, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be opposed to this as well. I, I think there's a case to be made that Russell Westbrook comes out of the starting lineup. 
that you take Russell Westbrook and his skill set and say, Russ, can we get the most out of you when you're playing with um, some of these other role players where you're the head of the snake, where the ball goes through you, where you're making the decisions, driving the ball, kicking the ball, penetrating and finding other guys, um, uh, getting the fast break going. Right now, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, it's not like you could look at those three players and say, wow, those three pieces fit perfectly together. You can't say that. So is there a way that you could say, okay, well, we know AD and LeBron work together. That's no question about it. And LeBron, LeBron by himself works. I mean, it's just LeBron James. This is what he does. But it, LeBron and Anthony Davis, those pieces complement each other. If Russell Westbrook is not a part of that mix, well, where has Russ been the best in his career? You don't even have to look very far. The Lakers played Charlotte when both Russell Westbrook and LeBron James were out of the game. Uh, both of them were out due to injury. And Russ arguably had the best game that he's had with the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I think you're at a point, you're at a stage of the season where you got to try everything. You really do. And what do you have to lose? You know, and that's not to say that I'm, you're not trying to make the case that LeBron, Russ, and AD can't work together and it's impossible for it to happen. But I also think you should make the case we have to figure out what works if an Austin Reeves and uh, and a Malik Monk is better off with LeBron and AD, those pieces all complement each other. It's okay to play those guys more minutes together. And I think, you know, this Russ piece for me, um, I, I, I'm not opposed to by any stretch of the imagination looking at Russell Westbrook, determining whether Russell Westbrook's having a good enough game to close out a game. And I also wouldn't be opposed to looking at Russell Westbrook and saying, is he better off coming off the bench for this Lakers team? Put the money to the side. Put how much he's putting uh, you know, to the side. Put, it, put to the side what you gave up to go get him. Put all that to the side. What helps you win games? The Lakers are not in the business of developing players right now. They're not in the business of not trying to hurt other people's feelings. They are in the business of... Are we competing for a championship or not? And to this point of the season, four games away from the All-Star break, they're nowhere near that conversation. I think each one of these scenarios should at least be talked about and discussed and presented and tried. Um, and I, I, I strongly believe that simply because um, we haven't seen anything to you know really make an argument that those three have to be together all the time. Um, actually, I think there's it's, it's more of an opposite to that. Um, quick shout out here. Thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change, one of our partners here on Lakers Talk. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Okay, a couple things I want to do here when we come back. Uh, when we come back, Anthony Davis has a chance. By the way, if you want to hit me on the conversation about Russell Westbrook. If you think it's a crazy idea or a good idea to see how Russ would do off the bench with some of these other role players where he's the main player, uh, hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, at Alan Sliwa, simple as that. Um, so Lakers got the Bucks tomorrow. I don't know if you guys remember the last matchup the Lakers had against the Bucks, but Anthony Davis has been so good since he came back from his injury. Man, if there's ever a time for AD to take a matchup personal, Tomorrow is the night to do it. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Plus, in about 10 minutes or so, Bobby Marks, ESPN's 
NBA front office insider will join the show. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline. Is there anything the Lakers can do? Should we expect anything? All that coming up soon. Uh, Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. By the way, just a quick reminder, Bobby Marks, NBA, ESPN's NBA front office insider, He'll be joining the show uh, in about 10 minutes or so. Um, okay, so tomorrow the Lakers got Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm going to try to refresh uh, Laker fans. I want to refresh your mind here a little bit. So they played early on in the season. I think it was the 16th game of the season for the Lakers, 15 for Milwaukee, something along those lines. So early on, early, uh, early enough where you know we know that there's still a lot of basketball left. Both teams were hovering right around 500. And Michael and I pregame show, and this is you know a conversation we always enjoy having when it comes to some of the better players in the league. When we get a chance to see these guys go head to head, and the conversation was about Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis. That AD's got to take a game like this personal. That all the chatter right now about the best big men in the NBA, AD's name is not coming up. Now, can you change that narrative? Of course he can. Is he an NBA champion? Of course he is. Did he have just an unbelievable playoff run in Orlando? Yes, he did. And has he been fantastic for the Lakers uh, since he came back from his injury? Yes, no question about it. I mean, some of the stats for Anthony Davis, the Knicks game, he had 28-17, and 17, four blocks and three steals. Come on now. Game against the Clippers, he had 30-17, and 17, two steals and two blocks. Blazers, 30-15. and 15. Um, The game against the Sixers, Sixers went up against Embiid, 31-12. and 12. He's, been, he's been really, really good since he came back. But I remember that game against the Milwaukee Bucks, that mano-a-mano matchup was not a mano-a-mano matchup. AD had 18 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. 18 and 9. You guys remember what Giannis had? And th- and they went up against each other. This wasn't a, oh, well, he's guarding Brooke Lopez. No, no, no. This was Giannis and Anthony Davis, for the most part, those were the two that were going up against each other. Giannis had 47 and 9 against, uh, against Anthony Davis. So AD had 19. Giannis had 47. Now you can make the case. You could say, all right, well, um, well, LeBron probably took a lot of the load as well. No, no, no. LeBron didn't play in that game. It was Anthony Davis versus Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, you know, when we have discussions about the best big men in the NBA, Embiid's name uh, comes up, Jokic's name comes up, and uh, Giannis's name comes up. Now, in the past, of course, AD's name always comes up with that in that little conversation there. But I think AD is now trying to work his way back into that conversation because Giannis has been an MVP. He's coming off a championship. Jokic was just an MVP. And I think Embiid is a leading candidate right now for MVP in the NBA. And they, you know, they update, the, update those every week or so. AD is not in that conversation. 
AD's not in the All-Star game this week or this year, and part of that is more to do with just injuries. That, that's really all it has to do with. He just didn't play enough games to get in. DeJounte Murray, they announced a little bit earlier uh, today that uh, he is going to replace Draymond Green. I think LaMelo Ball is replacing Kevin Durant. So um, there's a reason why Anthony Davis is not there. It's not because of skill set. It's because he didn't play enough games. But I, I like going back to that game and talking specifically about how AD and Giannis matched up against each other because he's supposed to be in that conversation. He should be in that conversation. AD should be in that conversation with the best bigs in the NBA. And like I said, since he came back from his injury, he has been as close to the version that we remember in Orlando um, in quite a while. So that's exciting for Laker fans. I mean, one of the things that's a little discouraging is he's playing really well. LeBron, you know, came back and instantly his numbers were through the roof again and they needed overtime to get through the Knicks. Tomorrow's a great test for the Lakers. And tomorrow's a great test for Anthony Davis to roll up his sleeves and get back to work. I mean, you know, where where you can really, really have confidence about the Lakers, some of the confidence you could have is if AD and LeBron, is it possible for them to take this team to another level over the final 28 games? Of course it is. That's not unrealistic. But you're either do it, or you're either going to do it, or you're not. And I think that test tomorrow against the Bucks is a perfect start to this. And as we sit here today, uh, it's tough when you're playing the Knicks or the Clippers or you're playing Portland like they did last week. LeBron ain't in out of the lineup. I want to see them against good competition. Tomorrow is as really as good as it gets as far as competition goes. I think Milwaukee, they've won a few games, over the 13 games over 500. They're half a game out from the best record in the Eastern Conference. So uh, it's going to be a matchup. It should be a matchup that they take personal, and it 100% should be one of those matchups where Anthony Davis says, let me go on Giannis, and let me try to shut down Giannis. Nobody's saying he's going to, you know, Giannis is going to have 10 points and six rebounds. But that, that should be more of a personal matchup for Anthony Davis. And since he came back, he puts up numbers like that tomorrow. Maybe the Lakers can surprise some people over the next week or so when they take on some of the stiffer competition. Um, this is – I was looking at the uh, stats here. I'm sorry, I was looking at the standings here. I'm trying to think here. What's the best-case scenario for the Lakers at this point in the standings that we think is realistic? Okay. Denver's got a four-game cushion on the Lakers. I, I personally don't think the Lakers are going to jump into that sixth slot by the time the season is over. Part of it is the way the Lakers have been playing. The other part of it is strength of schedule. And the other part of it is Denver and Dallas are not bad teams, so I don't think they're going to go into some spiral and um, you know end up losing five, six games in a row or something along those lines. The best-case scenario that the Lakers are in at this point, you have to at least – get in front of the Clippers, um, you have to at least pass the Clippers in the standings. They went out and made a trade here uh, over the um, over the weekend. They went out and made a trade where they got Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the, uh, from the Portland Trailblazers. So instantly it kind of tells you that they're not going to be sellers here. They're going to hope and pray that Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, or both of those players come back. So they're going to, you know, obviously try to be a part of the mix here. It's the Timberwolves who are three games above 500. that if the Lakers can't get to that seventh seed, I think the best-case scenario we're looking at now is Lakers trying to get up to that eighth spot. If they could get up to that eighth spot, then you're at least not having to do two single-elimination games 
to get into the playoffs, they'd have to go win one game on the road, I guess you could technically say, and then host a game if they lost that game. So we'll see how uh, things play out. But that's that's kind of what I'm looking at from a best-case scenario. Um, I just don't think there's enough games, nor do I think the Lakers have shown that they're going to go on this six, seven-game winning streak with a schedule this tough. So with that being said, that's kind of best case right now for standings-wise. Can you get into that seventh slot? At worst, can you get into that eighth slot and then just position yourself in that playing tournament? Um, what's crazy, Stat Muse put up this uh, stat. The Nets and Lakers were the championship favorites before the season started. They both would be in the playing tournament if the season ended today. Who has the more? Who has had more uh, of a disappointing season? So, for those who don't know, we know what the Lakers are doing. Brooklyn has lost eight games in a row, twenty-nine and twenty-four. Um, James Harden's been out, KD has been out, and then Kyrie can obviously only play in the road games. I think it's Lakers more disappointing of the season, to be honest with you, because we've seen glimpses of Brooklyn when they had their three players uh, blow out the Chicago Bulls in a road game. The Lakers, you've seen their three players together, and it hasn't been crisp, perfect, beautiful basketball. So I think I think the disappointing, it's it's more the Lakers. Plus, you could look at Brooklyn and say, all right, well, they're still five games over 500 now. See what I, I mean? It's it's insane to me that they're, um, you know, that they're in the seventh spot, but in the Eastern Conference. They're four and a half games from first place in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers are sitting at 17 games out of first place. That's a combination of uh, the Phoenix Suns being 42 and 10, and Miami, who's on top of the Eastern Conference, being 34 and 20. So that kind of plays it out both ways. All right, let's do this. We got. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Uh, reached out to Bobby Marks, who's been on the show a number of different times, but it's been a while since we last had him on. Bobby Marks, who's the ESPN NBA front office insider, he's coming up next. We're going to get his thoughts on the NBA trade deadline. Uh, what can we expect from the Lakers? Are there other moves, teams in front of the Lakers in the Western Conference or behind the Lakers in the Western Conference that we should expect to be active? So all that coming up next. Uh, stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. A good game coming up tomorrow. Lakers and the Bucks. Just remember, uh, Michael and I will start the pregame show at 5.30. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. want to welcome in ESPN NBA front office insider, Bobby Marks for taking some time on the show. Bobby, I know it's a crazy, busy week, but always appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. No, thanks, thanks for having me. 
Appreciate okay, it. so I'm curious, Bobby, and you know, I know we'll get your thoughts on the Lakers season and everything else, but um, just the position that they're in right now, two games below 500, and also looking at from an asset perspective and some of the contracts yeah. that they have in front of them, should we expect much or anything by Thursday for the Lakers? Do you, do you expect them to um, uh, be in the mix here, or is are they going to kind of have to be on the sidelines and work with what they got? Yeah, I, I think probably more fringe move type deals, um, whether it be moving um, you know, guys like DeAndre Jordan or Kent Bazemore, similar to what we saw with the, the Rajon Rondo trade, opened up a roster spot for them to go out and sign Stanley Johnson. I think that's kind of the deals that you would be looking at, you know, potentially maybe even a player like Wayne Ellington here. I, I think, you know, you know, we know what the assets are outside of, you know, the three guys that make $120 million. When you're looking at, you know, Horton Tucker um, and Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't played, you know, it's, you know, $15, $16 million of salary. They've got that 2027 first to put in play if that's what they want. And um, I'm just not sure right now, you know, a couple days away from the deadline, if that's good enough to pry a, uh, for example, a a Jeremy Grant from, um, from Detroit. And maybe it's good enough to get Eric Gordon, um, but are you willing to, you know, give up a first round pick, um, you know, for, for another, another shooter here. So I think you're looking just like, you know, it's, it's, as I said, like fringe type moves, just because you don't have the contracts to go out and get a normal Powell and Robert Covington, some comparable to kind of what the, the, the Clippers were able to do. Yeah. It's interesting, Bobby, because, you know, I, and I think most of this, you guys have kind of set up Laker fans pretty well of, don't expect that they're going to be able to go fix some of the problems that they have on the outside. We're going to have to work on stuff from the inside. Um, you mentioned Talon Horn Tucker. What is his – you know, I, I know he's only 21 years old, and um, yeah. there is an upside. Now, it, it's not like he's been consistent with the Lakers or anything along those lines, at least, you know, so far this year. What's his value in uh, around the NBA? What what are just from your experience or from your knowledge or your insider? What do executives think of a guy like THT? I, I think there's the upside is there. I mean, that's what you talk to teams about. I mean, I think you probably want more of a uh, more of a complete body of work, more of a guy that consistently plays 25 to 30 minutes to figure out if it's worth giving up. Uh, you know, a really good player for him. Um, you know, he's got a, a two more years left after this year, but what a player option um, in that third year. Um, probably, I mean, if we're using baseball language, probably not a blue chip prospect, I would say. Um, but, you know, good enough to kind of get your foot in the door and, and have, a, have a conversation here. And I, you just talk to teams is that you do want a little bit more of a, you know, a body of work here. Uh, Bobby Marks taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. He's the ESPN NBA front office insider. Um, Bobby, of course, and this is uh, since we got to the um, the off season, the conversation has been about the Lakers, their big three, the expectations. They're two games below 500. Russell Westbrook in the last game against the Knicks, as you know, nationally televised game, yeah. uh, is benched in overtime, and the Lakers end up winning the game, but. Russ's role is is very questionable right now with the Lakers. If they play out the rest of the season and things don't go as planned, is a contract like Russell Westbrook? Is it because it's in a expiring contract, but the number is so high? Um, is that a tough contract to to if they decide, hey, let's go in a different direction in the off season? Is that a tough contract to 
I guess you can say find a trade partner for, or is it more common because it's it would be in the final year of his contract? Yeah, I think, you know, as I always say, anybody, any contract is tradable. I think it's just a matter of what the Lakers front office is trying to accomplish. Is it to preserve flexibility in the, uh, the 2013, you know, 2023 off season here? Are you willing to kind of take back money that stretches in there? Um, it's a, it's a big number. So if it's a you know, $47 million number, you probably got to get within $40 million of, of money to, that comes back in a, um, comes comes back in a trade and you know the the Westbrook you know situation is just interesting because as you know and and you watch these games there are nights like the Charlotte game a couple weeks ago and I I talked about it after the game when he has less around him where it's the Russell Westbrook that we saw in Washington it's the Russell Westbrook that we saw in Oklahoma City Um, and then there are nights against the late uh, the Knicks on um, on Saturday night where he is not not assertive, you know. Um, the ball is not in his hands. Um, he's not part of the offense. Kind of just like he's like you know, there's a like kryptonite on him, um, and his like powers are diminished here. And how do the Lakers figure that out with James and, and Davis on on the court with him? Um, because you know this team, as great as LeBron and AD is, they're going to need Russell Westbrook to get you know. I think they can get out of, out of the plan but to try to win a series here. Yeah, that's actually going to be my next question. Do you, do you think – how realistic do you think – I'm actually, I'm a fan of how tough the schedule is for the Lakers the rest of the yeah. way because I think we're going to get some opportunities to see them, right? So they go against the Bucks tomorrow. They'll have the Golden State Warriors in Golden State on Saturday. They'll close it off, uh, close out the uh, All-Star break before the All-Star break against the Utah Jazz. Um, do, do, you, do, you, do you still think that this team – can make some noise that they can turn it around because I, I think right now you're looking at the way things have been with everybody in the lineup with one guy in two guys out two guys in one guy out and they've been pretty much a 500 team for the most part what what's your confidence level that with LeBron Anthony Davis and of course Russell Westbrook as well that they'll be able to make some noise come playoff time I mean the hard part is that they're sitting in nine I, it's going to be hard to get to six. I, I think where Agreed. where Denver is, how they're playing, yeah, how they're playing, um, you know, consistently. We'll see what happens if Murray and Porter come back. Um, you got Minnesota in front of the Clippers. Yeah, as I said, we went out and got made that trade. Um, you know, those teams are kind of a little bit hovering around that that five hundred mark. And as as you said, they've got a tough schedule. Uh, tough schedule. And are they, is there enough there to? Sh- roll, you know, five or six in a row, seven in a row here. And that's, that's going to be the hard part, kind of just stringing along, going eight and two, going nine and two uh, over these games. And if, as you know, if you're, if you're sitting at nine, you've got to win two games just to get into the playoffs. And then what's staring at you is possibly, you know, Phoenix and you know how good they are, Golden State, maybe even a team like Memphis. So it's, it's going to be a challenge, but, you know, you've, you've got LeBron. Uh, I, like, I like what I've seen from AD when he's how he's come back, but it's just a matter of kind of putting it all together. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, simply put, it's going to be an incredibly tough path. Uh, uh, we're joined by uh, Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN, taking some time here to join uh, Lakers talk. Um Bobby, is there is there a a team or two that you think before Thursday's trade deadline to keep an eye out for that are going to be incredibly active that 
Um, and I, I say that because, you know, you mentioned teams in front of the Lakers just in the Western Conference. Denver and Dallas are there. Will Memphis go out and try to make a move? Are there teams that think, and, and we'll talk about the Eastern Conference as well, that you think are going to be more active? I think teams, I think New Orleans, New Orleans will be interesting. They're at 10. They're in the, at the 10 seed right now. Um, probably, if you had asked me a month ago, probably more of a, um, a seller than a um, than a buyer. I think, you know, they've got this big trade exception. They've got some movable contract with Sadoransky and, and, and Josh Hart. Um, that's a, certainly a team to keep an eye on. Portland, if there's another move um, besides the trade they just made with C.J. McCollum. Washington, as I said, is kind of my wild card just because of the Bradley Beal free agency that's looming in, a, in you know, four or five months. Um, you know, Sacramento, of course, just because they have a lot of pieces that other teams like, but that don't fit with this current group. There, uh, and it's interesting, Bobby, because you know when when you look at you, you listen to some of the rumors out there, and it's you know okay, is this move going to go down? Is this team going to go do this? And I know so much can happen between now and Thursday, but uh, the activity in the NBA got started over the weekend. What do you think of the Clippers' move of yeah. going out and getting Norman Powell and, uh, and and grabbing Robert Covington? I give them a lot of credit. I mean, there's not many owners like Steve Ballmer that would go out and, and pay an extra $20 million towards the luxury tax this year. Um, you know, the team is 500. We don't know when Paul, George, and Kawhi are going to be back. Um, I think it's more of a move that sets them up for next year when they are healthy. Um, you know, certainly you get Norman Powell for after this year, four more years. They didn't have the flexibility to go out and add in free agency here. We'll see what happens with Covington, who's a um, – an unrestricted free agent in, in the off season, but you know, considering what they gave up, you know, you, you know, with Bledsoe, um, who you know wasn't really part of the rotation, you know, Justice Winslow, you know, Keon Johnson, a future too. I thought it was a really strong move, and there's not many teams that you know have an ownership group that are willing to go out there and, and spend the money, even if it's meant towards next year. Bobby, do you think anything happens with Ben Simmons before now and uh, between now and Thursday, or is that something more likely to uh, some more movement there in the off season? I think that's more of an off season, um, you know, topic that we'll be talking, you know, that we'll be talking about here. I just, I, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that Brooklyn would, unless that they, you know, Philadelphia offers the kitchen sink, which I don't think is coming. Um, I think Brooklyn's willing to kind of ride this out. I know they've really struggled. They went all in to get Harden. Um, they still feel that when healthy with three guys, they, they can get out of the Eastern Conference here. And if you do a Simmons deal, there's no guarantee that, especially for a player that hasn't played in a, in a, in a basketball game, I guess, since last, uh, last July here. So I think we're talking about this in the, uh, in, in the offseason. I, I would be surprised if you know, either player has moved. It's funny, Bobby, because I, you know, Michael Thompson, who I do the pregame show with him, and I were having similar conversations, and I'm trying to figure out: isn't it worth taking the risk of saying we're going to play out the rest of the year if you're the Brooklyn Nets? And I know there's risk of if James Harden were to walk. I get that portion of yeah. it, but man, isn't this isn't this the opportunity to? And I know they're not healthy. I know they've lost eight games in a row. Like I get all that, but uh, when you get an opportunity like this, they don't come often. They don't come too often, and um, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I guess I'd be surprised if something happens here. Yeah, um, I, and I think I think circumstances dictate it, right? This isn't the summer of 2016 where everyone had cap space. You know, for him to get to Philadelphia strictly on his own with Brooklyn not 
getting anything back, there'd have to be a lot of maneuvers to, to basically just trade most of the roster without taking anything back here. And I think Brooklyn knows that. And if there's a deal to be made in the offseason, I think they'll, that's something that you know, they'll pursue. Bobby, final one. And again, as always, uh, appreciate the time. I, you know, the Lakers have been active the last couple of years in the buyout market. Are there some names out there that you think to keep an eye out on? Um, is that a route that you think the Lakers potentially take once the dust settles after the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, there always is. We always we always get about five or six names. I think it will be interesting as far as what happens with a guy like Gary Harris, who's in Orlando. I think Dragic gets moved by Toronto, um, you know, by, by the deadline. He would have been a good guy as far as, um, you know, certainly from a buyout standpoint. Um, you know, you kind of look at, you know, teams like Detroit and Houston that are sitting in the bottom of the standing. Those are usually teams that you circle. But they've got most of the roster guys that are under contracts um, that are not free agents um, right now. You know, Robin Lopez is, is an interesting name. If he gets bought out, as far as you know, you know, I know the Lakers already are pretty set at the center position here. But um, but there's always there'll always be a one guy that is on a playoff team that's probably not happy with his play the playing time and um, is, is bought out and kind of surfaces here. But I think Harrison in, in um, in Orlando is probably the, the main guy to, to keep an eye on. Bobby, thank you, man. I know it's a busy week, and uh, making some time for us is always appreciated. So thank you very much for doing this, all right? Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. Yep, right, appreciate is, it. Thank you, man. That is Bobby Marks right there, ESPN NBA front office insider. Um, interesting stuff. You know, a, a lot of takeaways from what Bobby Marks said right there. I think the what is the value of Taylor Horn Tucker is an interesting one to me. The Russell Westbrook piece that if things don't you know go obviously the way they're uh, they were supposed to go this year, what do the Lakers do in the off season with him? So let's get into all that coming up next. Plus, uh, I got some thoughts on a few moves that were already made. We got a couple Laker updates from earlier today. LeBron spoke to the media. Coach Vogel spoke to the media, and uh, we'll take a look at the NBA uh, power rankings from ESPN as well. Quick shout out here: Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out. In about 15 minutes, visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. we got a, a lot more coming up here on Lakers Talk. We'll give our final thoughts. We'll continue to preview the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up up uh, coming up next as well as the Lakers take on the Bucks tomorrow. I'm Alan Sliwa. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, thank you again to Bobby Marks. 
making it happen and uh, joining Lakers talk. Uh, well, Lakers fans, I, I don't think it's too surprising or a shock. I've talked about it. I know I've read a lot of good articles on this as well. Just not many assets for the Lakers to go out there and make a lot of noise. So, like Bobby mentioned, don't expect too much. Maybe a small move here or there. Maybe an opportunity in the buyout market. He mentioned keep an eye out for Gary Harris. That's a good name, actually, um, from a point guard perspective. But uh, are, are they going to be able to go and go get Jeremy Grant or some of these other names? Probably not. I don't see that happening. And he kind of broke down what a guy like Talonhorn Tucker, some of these guys' value is on this team. A um, couple quick updates here. So Coach Vogel spoke earlier today. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is going to be out tomorrow. Um, on Kendrick Nunn, he said still not really ramped up where he's close to playing. So, you know, if you're looking for some help, Kendrick Nunn, what he can do for the Lakers, can he be a piece for the Lake Show in the final 28 games? I got no idea. You know, hopefully he's available after the All-Star break. That's the best thing that you can ask for. Uh, Coach also mentioned that Dwight Howard missed practice today. He had a sore back, so we're uh, not sure if he's going to play tomorrow. Um, LeBron was talking about the trade deadline, said, I've said this every year, if there's an opportunity to get better, then you explore those options. Use an example of the Rams going out and getting Odell. Uh, so the Lakers, obviously, if they if there's a path, if there's a way to improve the roster, of course that's a goal. The problem is I don't really have many poker chips here to go uh, to go make some moves. Um, okay, so I I wanted to do this as far as previewing the upcoming games for the Lakers. By the way, I know I do this every week. ESPN Power Rankings came out earlier today. Top five teams in the NBA: Phoenix, Golden State. Memphis, Miami, Milwaukee. Lakers got the Bucks tomorrow. Are Lakers top 10? No. Are they top 15? No. Sitting at 19th. That's where uh, they were last week as well. So this is uh, this is obviously where the Lakers are. And I don't think it's a surprise or a shock or anything like that. Let me preview as we get closer to the uh, show ending here. Uh, I want to preview the Lakers, um, just the games that they have this week. And as always, a quick shout-out to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Just go to SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, greatly appreciate their partnership. So, if the Lakers this week went two and one, what an accomplishment! I'm not kidding when I say that. That would be a huge accomplishment because that means you would have either beat on top of the Portland Trailblazers on the road. Portland's not good. They're selling off assets left and right is what it is. Damian Lillard's not in. Um, but you're expecting to win that game against the Blazers. Expecting is, a, I know, a very strong uh, strong word there. But if you went 2-1, and one, that means you either beat the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors this week. The Bucks tomorrow, the Warriors nationally televised game Saturday night, ABC, Lakers and the Warriors up in San Francisco at Chase Center. If you went two and one, that means you beat one of those two squads. Even if you went two and two before the All Star break, which means, by the way, you'd be walking into the All Star break 28 and 30, 24 games left in the season, and still two games below 500. Even two and two would be accomplishment because you got one more game next week against the Utah Jazz. You got to go two and two. Uh, you, You really do. And, you know, you heard Bobby Marks talking about it how. It's going to be so tough for the Lakers to try to make get up to that fifth and that sixth spot. I mean, I, I think this trade deadline is going to tell a lot of it as well. A team like Dallas knows that, hey, we, we got to make some kind of move. 
and if they make some kind of move, they'll they'll you know further their separation between the Lakers or Denver, who they just need to get healthy at some point. Hopefully, Jamal Murray comes back for them, or maybe Michael Porter. Just by health, they would separate themselves a little bit further from the Lakers. But if you go one and three over these last four games and then Clippers start getting a little bit of cushion on you, I'm not worried about the Lakers not being in the playing tournament. I'm worried about the Lakers having to win two games in a row to just get in the playoffs. And that obviously changes significantly whether you're in the eighth place or you're in the ninth place, whether you're in the seventh place or you're in the ninth place. Um, okay, a uh, couple things I'm gonna uh, just going to promote here real quick. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers. We'll get our show started at 10 a.m., so we'll continue to talk Lakers, make a lot of comparisons uh, between Giannis and uh, and Anthony Davis and where these two players are going, preview the Lakers and the Bucks, um, and then pregame show tomorrow with myself and Michael Thompson. We'll start our pregame show at 5.30. Tip-off will be at 7. Laker fans, as always, greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Get on the podcast, Lakers Talk. Just search uh, Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Get the hour. Get the full interview with Bobby Marks. Hope you have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.